This is the Ayur What Now podcast, in which Mary Thompson and Jerry Thompson explore Ayurvedic principles and make them easy to understand so that you can benefit from this amazing health science. We're glad you're here. This session, you'll introduce me to the Ayurvedic concept of pairs of opposites and to be aware of how they affect you. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, so welcome back. This is Mary Thompson and my brother Jerry Thompson here with Ayur What Now? <laughs> so, so Jerry, welcome. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good today. I, good. I uh, got up uh, about six o'clock and I had my cup of coffee and breakfast and I'm ready to go. All yeah. right. All right. So we're ready to talk about this stuff. Did you um, want to give us a recap at all on what we were talking about before? Uh, yeah, uh, we were talking about the causes of diseases and, and how the um, difference between the mind and body. And I know we had a little uh, uh, discussion on that. I, I was kind of thinking uh, along the lines that the lines, the mind is more um, cognitive and thinking about what's best for you. And you were thinking that the body was, uh, or I, you were thinking the mind was more uh, of drawing into uh, desires. And I was thinking, well, the body more draws into the desires. And you were thinking that the body has more of uh, what it needs. And uh, yeah, but so, so I remember we had, do you remember that uh, discussing that Mary? Well, I like that. I, I like it because it is a question. I don't know if we're chickens and eggs kind of thing, which one's, yeah. which one's mm-hmm. desiring first. Am, am I desiring because I remember something and I want it or mm-hmm. am I desiring because my physical body has some urge? I always hear that about cravings. Right? Yeah. That if you're yeah. craving something, it's because mm-hmm. your body recognizes you're missing some mineral and it recognizes in yeah. that food. So it's kind of interesting, maybe teasing apart what is the source of our desire, what's the source mm-hmm. of our indulgence, then we yeah. can get, get a control over. Yeah. I and mean, I guess the label body and mind isn't the important thing as mm-hmm. much as recognizing part of it is you have cravings and mm-hmm. some of them are healthy and some of them maybe work against you. Right. And I think from the Ayurvedic perspective, it's that as we become aware of those cravings, if we can put a little gap in between the craving and reacting to the craving, mm-hmm. we might be able to make a different choice. If we, if we stop and we say, wait, is this really what I want? You know, am I yeah. really, am I, am I putting this food in my mouth because I'm bored? Maybe I could do something a little bit more interesting than eating, you know, mm-hmm. but if I never have that little gap to evaluate, kind of think about why am I doing this thing? Mm-hmm. Then I'm just going to live kind of, um, I don't know, get stuck in a rut, just kind of live yeah. by my unconscious. Yeah. Which seems to uh, bring us right back to mindfulness and mm-hmm. being aware of what, what decisions you do. In your right. And, and so we had talked about cause of disease and we talked about something called pillars of health, which was just, mm-hmm. just how we consume things, mm-hmm. our quality of our sleep, and then how we spend our energy. So mm-hmm. it all comes back to diet and lifestyle. Yeah, right. <laughs> or diet, lifestyle, and sleep. Good sleep. Mm-hmm. So good. So today, I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of building on what we've done. Because now we might be recognizing with those pillars of health, maybe you're beginning to recognize you, Jerry, or maybe anybody who's listening is able mm-hmm. to recognize, hmm, maybe my, what I'm consuming is creating a challenge, or maybe it is helping me or how mm-hmm. I'm sleeping may be creating a problem or creating my health and mm-hmm. maybe how I spend my energy. 
And when you begin to think, oh, I have control over this, you can begin to take control over your health to a yeah. certain degree. Yeah, great. And then the causes of disease, we're looking at ways in which, what do we do when we're not making those best choices for ourselves? Kind right. of like the ways in which we make those poor choices. Now, today it goes into one of our theoretical principles of Ayurveda, which is often referred to as the pairs of opposites. And way back when the origin story or the, the origin myth of Ayurveda is about, you know, a group of people sitting around trying to figure out life, the universe and everything. That's for the hitchhikers <laughs> fans. <laughs> but, but Always bring a towel. <laughs> that's right and once we know that we're good so yeah, right. with we answer those questions the end of the question is always like why are we here mm -hmm. and what these people or beings came up with was we're here so that the creator can have an experience of the creation so whatever form that creator creation takes it's really that we're here to have experiences we're here to um, experience our environment and have life-changing moments and that's kind of our purpose is to uplift to to be a part of this whole play that's going on okay. and so then i think again for hitchhikers fans you know tricky <laughs> it's like okay this is going to take a long time this could take a really long time for a single individual to have an experience of the whole the whole shebang and so they began to think okay so how can we live long enough and healthfully enough that we can have that experience. So we need the longevity. And that comes into play when we look at how we're eating, how we're sleeping, how we're spending our time, that kind of thing. But it's also about feeling healthy because I know for myself, if I'm not feeling well, I don't want to go out and experience the world. Mm -hmm. I just want to curl up in bed or I just want to, you know, shut the world out. Everything gets to be too much. So there's a twofold part of it, long life, but healthy life. Mm -hmm. And so then they said, well, how are we going to sustain both the length of life and the, the health? And this is where these pairs of opposites came in because they began to look around them in the world and the natural world. And they saw that there was a certain balance that was possible that was existing in different objects. And they looked at this balance in terms of a spectrum so that they saw that things ran, for example, either cold or hot or somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. So as a human, <laughs> I've got this body temperature 98.6 or somewhere there around. And if I maintain that body temperature, then I stay pretty healthy. If it goes too cold, then I have a problem. Um, especially if it goes too cold, I go into hypothermia. But also if it goes too high, I have a problem. Yeah. I, well, I need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly self-evident. <laughs> <laughs> so much yeah. of Ayurveda is self-evident. And it's kind of yeah. like, oh, I never yeah. thought of it that way. Well, when you're talking about uh, two sides too, I think of the uh, um, Eastern European idea of yin and yang. And, right. uh, uh, and there's always a, a balance to a counterbalance and then trying to keep mm -hmm. things in balance. Right. And so as humans, we exist in the warm part of this spectrum and we want to stay within that little window of warmth. Mm -hmm. So if I go too cold, I want to warm up. If I go too hot, I want to cool down. Sure. 
And we have more longevity and more health when we're in that 98.6 range, mm-hmm. somewhere sure. close to that. So by, with these pairs of opposites, they began to see that everything had a range. Everything had a place in which it had longevity and it had health. And if it went out of that range, it stepped into the disease model. Mm-hmm. So for either direction. And applying that means that we identify for ourselves kind of where do we sit in this range and how do we bring ourselves to balance? So I won't go into all 10 of the pairs of opposites. Okay, so in looking at these, I'll talk about a few of these pairs of opposites and there's, there's more, there's 10 of them, but I won't, I won't belabor you all with a lecture on all 10 of the pairs of opposites. But this is where, again, where Ayurveda gets to be so simple, but not necessarily easy. Because thinking about cold and hot, if you get too cold, you want to warm yourself up. And it's just so intuitive. It's like, go get a sweater. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Trap my body. (laughs) heat. Um, And then going the other direction, if I get too hot, what am I going to do? I'm going to put the fan on. I'm going to open a window. I'm going to do anything I can to cool down. Um, even like getting in a tub, getting in a cool, cool tub could be something I do. Now, I, I, not to uh, belabor the point, but of course you, your body is kind of works on that too. In that say, if you get a fever, you're going to get hot, but it's to, uh, um, make an unfriendly environment or to get, uh, uh, uh whatever bacteria or, or, uh, invasion is happening to you, uh, away. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. I suppose your body does a little bit of that on its own. It may get out of the comfort range to make it less comfortable for some viruses or bacteria that are there. So mm-hmm. they'll leave or, or die. Right. Uh, so I guess yeah. it, it works not just on humans, but on uh, uh, everything. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you could think that now you get into that, that little bacteria guy and he's got a good environment. He's got a good level of temperature. He wants, it gets mm-hmm. too cold. He dies, gets too hot. He dies. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we all have that kind of, we're all impacted yeah. by the spectrum, but mm-hmm. we all have different places we live. Right. You know, if I took the penguin from the Antarctic and tried to move it up into a really hot mm-hmm. environment, it would, it would not be happy. I'd have to take yeah. all these steps to make sure it had mm-hmm. ways to cool itself down. And I was even thinking like about coldness, as you were talking about the the fever, I'm thinking about what happens if I get too cold, my body sets Mm -hmm. in place things to start bringing that body temperature back up, Mm -hmm. I'm shivering and getting contractions Mm -hmm. and blood vessels are constricting to contain the heat. And so our body does the best that it can. And our job is to support it. You know, Mm -hmm. so if I recognize if I'm getting to the place where I'm shivering, I'm looking for the sweater, I'm trying to find ways that I can start warming up. So, you know, this may seem such basic, basic conversation about if you're cold, warm yourself up. And if you're hot, cool yourself down. And that's where Ayurveda becomes super simple. It's, it's about we want to achieve longevity and health. Then we become aware of if I've stepped outside of my norm to take pains to put myself back into those norms. Now, Mm -hmm cold and hot might be kind of a no brainer because I don't, I'm uncomfortable being too cold or too hot. Sure. But another one of these goodness could get into moist and dry. So mm-hmm. it gets into like degrees of moisture in the body. Mm. And now we get it. We can even see this spectrum in people. Now we're mostly moist because we're 80% water by weight, but some people are moister than others. And some people are drier than others naturally. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Okay. So say you take that person who's drier than someone else. I think of as we age, we get drier and drier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had, you know, friends with dry hair and dry skin, and they're the ones whose lips are always chapped or mm-hmm. there's going to have more dryness in their body. So knowing that we tend to be moist beings, someone who's really dry would want to make sure they're taking steps to stay moister. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people who are always a little bit clammy. Their mm-hmm. eyes are always watering a little bit. They've always got a lot of nasal mm-hmm. congestion. Their skin looks perfect. <laughs> because their skin's all moist and beautiful and not that they want their skin to dry out, but they might look and say, Oh, I, you know, for me, I'm on the more watery side of the spectrum mm-hmm. and I want to move a little bit more towards dryness. Okay. So this isn't just a matter of dehydration and, and no. not getting enough fluids. Okay. This is a, a, the person's metabolism and how it responds to mm-hmm. uh, uh, everyday life. Yeah. Okay. Right. So how they, how they represent So it's a way of understanding people, but it's also a way of understanding our world. Like we take something now as humans, we're, we're pretty watery, but it's well-contained. We don't kind of seep. Well, we do seep water. Yeah. (laughs) We sweat. (laughs) There's some seepage going on, but like for the oily and dry, I'm sorry, for the wet and dry, you'd kind of think someone who's really wet might be someone who's going to have more clamminess or like I said, more. I always think to emotional moisture, like that sentimentality, mm-hmm. easier to cry and easier to be attached to things. Mm-hmm. And someone who goes really dry, it's got, you know, it's going to be harder to kind of break through that shell because it's a lot of dryness. They don't cry as easily and their skin tends to be really dry. So if we find ourselves going too far one direction or the other, or we find ourselves just by our nature, just by being dry, I say, oh, I got to find some ways I need to hydrate better. I mentioned mm-hmm. hydration. And that might be even drinking something that's going to kind of restore hydration. So looking at electrolytes or drinks that might uh, increase the absorbability of the water. Mm-hmm. Whereas the person who's really moist, they might be thinking, oh, I probably don't need to have so much water and so much storage of water in the body. Yeah. And so that person might do things to move the water, like sweating or mm-hmm. urinating. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know, what you talked about the 98.6 being the uh, median area for heat that, mm-hmm. that you know, um, I know so much in my nursing classes, oh, everybody yeah. should have two liters of water a day. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe some people don't need two liters of water a day. Maybe some people need a little more than two liters of water. A day. Right. And then if that person's drinking two liters of water and then it's just coming right back out and it's never mm-hmm. seeping in, then there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's something else going on. Okay. And, but I think you're, you bring up a really good point that we have, um, we have to replace the water we're spending. I remember reading in a physiology book, like that we sweat about two cups of water a day oh, yeah. and, you know, and they were holding it up in a little bag in the picture mm-hmm. and it's so stunning because we don't think of the fact that we're moving out mm-hmm. to cups of water. Mm-hmm. That's a lot yeah. of water. If I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for women who've had hot flashes, they're thinking, oh yeah, easily, easily yeah. two cups. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's a, it's just really funny. We don't think about how the water moves out or that we, in our respiration, a lot of water moves out. Yeah. Yeah. So even if we don't notice that we're moving out a lot of water, we still are through the breath mm-hmm. and through the sweat. Mm-hmm. And just, just maintaining homeostasis. Mm-hmm. And so for the person who's really dry, staying better hydrated increases their longevity and their health. And for the person who's too wet, 
I don't want to say decrease hydration because I think hydration is so important, but being aware that they may not need as much water. Okay. I'm often talking to people who say that they're drinking, you know, two to three liters of water a day. And I'll say, are you thirsty? And they say, no, I just do it because I have to. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And then you wonder if they're really checking in, getting that mindful yeah. component. Okay. Another one of these uh, pairs of opposites is like heavy and light. Some people are naturally heavier. Some people are naturally lighter. As humans, we've got a certain amount of weight we're going to have based on bone structure and muscle density and um, just the the tissues of the body. Mm -hmm. And so I I think this is really interesting to look at people. You could look at this in terms of weight, someone being underweight or overweight that being significantly underweight can have a number of health challenges and being significantly overweight can. So a person would want to kind of mitigate, be somewhere in a spectrum that was comfortable for them and that they could maintain their health. We could also think of heavy and light in terms of emotions. Like Mm -hmm. some people have really heavy emotions like depression or melancholy, almost feels like it's just weighing them down. Mm -hmm. And for other people like joy, but also anxiety could also be very light and make you feel like, Oh my gosh, I need something to weigh me down. (laughs) So when we think of this in heavy and light, we can see what kind of things we're doing that might, it could be foods we're eating that are really heavy Mm -hmm. or we could be eating foods that are really light. Maybe I have really big portions or maybe really tiny portions. And so it all comes down to being aware of who I am Mm -hmm. and checking in. How am I doing around this pair of opposites? Because if I want to maintain okay. that longevity and health, I'm going to be somewhere in the center of the spectrum. I'm not going to be too heavy or not going to be too light. Um, and yeah, a lot of this sounds like it's bringing us back to that balance that we talked about, I think, in the first or second uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, podcast, where you want to maintain homeostasis or just keep things in balance. And when you're out of balance, you're going to have complications. Right. And it's listening to your body to see that whether mm-hmm. it's heat, whether it's the uh, uh, um, food or weight or moisture or whatnot is trying to be familiar with what's going on and seeing when things are either in or out of balance. Right. Your uh, dosha. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Coming back to the dosha. So eventually what we're going to do when we talk about the different doshic types, Mm -hmm. we're going to find out that one doshic type has more, is more likely to be born with a lot of cold, dry, Mm -hmm. light, unstable characteristics. Okay. And another doshic type is going to be more hot, oily, sharp. And so another then one. this is this is going to be what we're going to be doing uh, going forward, or eventually, is mm-hmm. taking a lot of these basic uh, balances, basic ideas, and concepts, and then mm-hmm. saying which ones are you? What? Yes. How do you see? And be to be self-reflective to find out wh- where we're now. That you're, we're just getting the tools set up. We're getting the toolbox exactly. out. And, and gonna have it there, good, okay. Oh, I'm, perfect. I, I'm getting it. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. This is why I was, I was wondering about today because I thought, oh, we don't, we don't know enough to know why we even care about this. Okay. This becomes the mechanism that we understand who we are, where mm-hmm. we are in that spectrum. But it's also the mechanism where we can evaluate how is my food? Is it gonna support me to get back into balance or to move me mm-hmm. further out of balance? Okay. Or my sleep, is my sleep quality and quantity moving me mm-hmm. towards balance or out of balance? Is the way I'm going through my day bringing me to balance or imbalance in terms of understanding with these pairs of opposites? Great. And so, yeah, so it becomes foundational. I like the way you summarized it there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good. 
I just got a couple more of these I want to mention because they, they play a big role. One of mm-hmm. them is stable and mobile. And you could say stable and unstable, but I, I, I mm-hmm. like mobile. Sure. So sometimes we have people who are, I mean, I'm going to back up and say, as humans, we got a great deal of stability in our bodies. We got homeostasis. A lot of things happen um, the same all the time because the way the body's functioning. So we have a lot of stability. Some people have that stability to the extreme. You know, Mm -hmm. nothing ever changes. We have a friend who always eats at the same place on Saturday mornings. He always does the same activities. You could look at your clock and say, it's three o'clock. I know just where he is. Mm -hmm. You know, that they become creatures of habit. Um, They tend to stay in places a long time or stay in relationships. They have friends from childhood that they still talk to. So there's a lot of stability. Mm -hmm. On the other end of the spectrum, we have people who are super mobile. They never, you never know what they're up to, you know, and they never know what they're up to. They might change jobs, (laughs) change relationships, change places they're living. Um, And so they're going to be super mobile, talk fast, walk fast. Mm -hmm. And there's, these are going to be the two extremes. So a person who might see themselves being too stable, too attached to their routines, I think routines are really good. I got to say my caveat, I think routines are great unless, yeah. unless it's not serving me and I keep doing it simply because it's a routine. Right. This, this friend I mentioned who is very, very stable in his activities, he was out with my husband and they were having a cup of coffee. And mm-hmm. I've always loved this story because it just is the epitome of stability in this person. Um, he talked about every morning Oh, they were, had the best cup of coffee ever. And my husband wanted to buy some of the coffee and he offered to buy this friend a pound of the coffee. He said, no, no, no. Every morning I go to coffee at Peterson's Corner, which is a little coffee shop. And he sure. says, oh, they have good coffee there? He goes, no, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and so my husband said, why do you have their coffee every morning? He goes, it's terrible. He goes, well, it's just part of my routine. <laughs> <laughs> So this would be a challenge when you're so stable that your choice is one you don't even like, but yeah. it's there because it's part of your routine. That would be a kind of stability that might create imbalance that mm-hmm. you're, you even recognize this isn't really very good. It doesn't taste good. I don't like it, but I'm going to do it. And I do want to say the reason why he'll continue to do that is because he's about relationships. And mm-hmm. so he yeah. has, he knows the name of the wait staff. He knows the name of their kids. He knows what events mm-hmm. are going on in their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes being a part of the dynamic mm-hmm. of this space. So I don't want to say that, you know, he could yeah. switch out, just not order the he, coffee. He should probably swing by Starbucks on the way there. He <laughs> <laughs> said, no, I've got coffee. That's okay. <laughs> I'm picturing that while he walks in, he's like, when, once he orders, he dumps it into a potted plant. <laughs> he puts their he puts their coffee in the potted plant, the Starbucks in the cup and says, oh, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> I think Starbucks owes us money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Product placement. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and there's the other people who just never, never have any stability at all. It's going to yeah. be, you know, it can be very um, exhausting mm-hmm. because they don't have any good things that are grounding them out. And then they just change things up really quickly. So we got mm-hmm. stable and then you've got unstable. And I guess the extreme of instability is this mm-hmm. pure mobility where I can't stop. I don't know what direction I'm mm-hmm. going next. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the people who are too mobile, they want to okay. see how can I cultivate some stability? Mm-hmm. And the people that are too stable are going, how could I create some mobility? Yeah. So right. the people who are too stable want to move. 
people who are too mobile mm -hmm. want to sit down. And you're seeking a, um, a balance. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, would this be a comparison of uh, Freudian psychology to the id and the superego? And, oh, and I need a little uh, lecture on that. Oh, okay. Well, the id is your inner drive that's just, oh, yeah, who you're, uh, um, just, just your most desires uh, okay. to, to, to just uh, be gluttonous or uh, um, overly uh, enjoying life, uh, hedonistic would be okay. another word of having your id. And your superego is like your uh, control, your parent is saying, oh, you can't. You, you have to be yeah you have to be in line and stuff and your ego is your balance between what you your inner parents telling you to do and your inner child that's uh, um oh from transactional analysis from the oh i love it they use that kind yeah. of hot things but they just sort of interpreted the uh, freudian idea and that and that's kind of where uh, uh, a lot of freud's uh, uh, theories or uh, concepts are based on that you have one part of you that's telling you what you have to do right all the time and then your id's just saying no we gotta just have fun we just gotta enjoy life and just go mm -hmm. all out and then you, you try to find a balance right oh I love that in okay. Ayurveda they would look at it that the id would be the senses mm -hmm. that always yeah. want they just want to have their experiences they don't care yeah. what consequence it's going to be there you go and if I mm -hmm. want to stare at the sun I'm going to stare at the sun you know I'm not going to worry about that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there is the kind of that intellect that says, mm -hmm. you know, no, there's got to be balance. You got to you got to stop that. You can't stare yeah. at the sun, you know, mm -hmm. stop watching those horror movies and stop well, listening to that yeah. loud music. And yeah. so it's kind of I guess it's like that the angel and devil mm -hmm. on your shoulders. There, you know, exactly. I, I, I'm not sure which came first, the angel and the devil <laughs> or Freud. I, <laughs> I know when I had that. Uh, oh, I just did one slide about Freud because I wasn't really about uh, that with the nursing uh but I, I would have that picture of a devil and an angel and then uh -huh. and use that as an example of Freud to compare against the other. Uh, That's psychology. great. Yeah. And then we get to be in the center, that ego, mm -hmm. and we get to yeah. decide, am I going to overindulge or am I mm -hmm. going to over-restrict? Because I think it can yeah. be too much over-restriction yes. and we want to be able to live and have experiences mm -hmm. and, without um, becoming completely overwhelmed by them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then all of this, there's, like I say, there's these 10 pairs of opposites. So, and mm -hmm. we'll get more understanding as we begin to go further and look at Ayurvedic theory and that dosha mm -hmm. and help um, all of us to kind of relate to, oh, I'm the type of person who may need to cultivate mm -hmm. more of this end of the spectrum. Maybe I'm too dry and I need to cultivate moisture or I'm too light. Mm -hmm. I need to cultivate heaviness. Or I can go on the opposite direction. I'm too subtle and I need to cultivate more directness and more grossness. Mm -hmm. okay. So any, any questions that you can formulate? This is a, like I said, this is a tricky one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm getting the idea that um, we're going to, in the future, start looking at what, um, well, me personally, I have in um, my own life, but we're looking at some uh, tools or perspectives to look at it and then i i assume from there then i'll see if i have something that i want to change or that we see maybe i'm too i'm a little out of balance in an area mm -hmm. uh, to be a little bit more aware of that yeah and it's it, you started with talking about the uh, heat and cold and then there was uh um moist and uh dry 
uh, wait, where else we go there? I know that's the way they go, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, that's yeah. it. they just disappear. Uh-huh. Heavy and light. Heavy and light, that's right. And we did um, stable mm-hmm. and kind of mobile. Yeah, stable and mobile. That was the other one. Okay. So, yeah. Well, thank yeah, you, so, Jerry. Thank you for being okay. here. Good. Yeah, fun. boy, it is a very full lecture today, and uh, I'll have to um, listen to it over again yeah. <laughs> to make sure I get it all. Okay. Good well, that's, deal. The, that's the beauty of recordings, right? You can go back as often as you want to. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That'll reinforce it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. Oh, me too. Thanks, Jerry. This is Mary Thompson. And are you what are now? You, are you what now? <laughs> are you what now? It's got a swing up at the end. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash now. You can always find us for free wherever you find your podcasts. And remember to subscribe so you'll have access to the latest episodes. We're glad you're here.